today on the news and why it matters. We've got your Democratic presidential debate analysis, whether you like it or not, by the way. Uh, and we'll also tell you how George Zimmerman is tied to uh, two of the Democratic presidential candidates. Yeah, I know you're wondering to yourself, what are you talking about? Well, you got to stay tuned and find out. And it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez today, joined by the one and only oh, here we go. Lieutenant Colonel the Alan West, the man himself. Thank you, Jason. Uh, <laughs> Republican Party state chair candidate. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for being here. You're it's my honor, always. Always a pleasure I to have you. Love it when you lower your standards and you let me. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. We're, we just wait for your schedule to open so you can pencil us in. Uh, we've got Jason Butchel, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, and uh, the Blaze.com's own Aaron Colon. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Okay, did everyone actually watch the debate? I did. It was pretty good. Jason's not answering. I did not. Oh, <laughs> I watched highlights. But you watched which the is highlights. How I do these. It's really, honestly, all you need. Who could sit through that? I don't know. I, I mean, I did. <laughs> and I did. Right. You know. And the I got the did. second half because I was in a debate myself and last night. So oh. I had to, you know, I got home as soon as I could and I got the, the last hour, which. How, how was your debate? Well, I think it was good for me, not the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we care about here. Uh, so, of course, the Democratic presidential debate was last night in uh, Nevada. I apparently got some complaints that I say Nevada. Nevada, okay, for all of make all of you happy in Nevada, which sounds very foreign to me. Uh, but um, so I just want to give just a really good, all-encompassing, like, general video clip of about how the entire night went all wrapped up into a couple seconds. Watch. The Affordable Care Act, not blow it up. Let me just, I will it. You name check three of them. Let me get, let me get Senator Sanders in. Okay, go ahead, Senator Sanders. We'll get you in, miss. All right, we got a lot of people in here. We got hits of your Some, it's my turn, yeah? Yes, sir. That was about, if you missed it, you didn't watch it, that was about it. That looked like the Saturday Night Live parody version of it. Like, you couldn't really tell the difference. Did. It was embarrassing to watch. Okay, and before we get into, because I want to get, uh, gentlemen, your thoughts on these kind of highlights, these bigger moments from uh, the specific candidates, but... Do you remember 2016 being that much of a train wreck for the Republicans? Because I don't, and I'm wondering if I just am forgetting. No, it, it really wasn't. And I don't think that you saw uh, those debates being so out of control. As a matter of fact, I remember the Fox News and the Fox Business Channel debates and, and how people really lauded them for that, as opposed to the CNBC debates. But last night, I mean, none of those six individuals on that stage showed anybody in America why they can be the president of the United States of America, unless you're delusional. Yeah, well, I mean, there are some of those people yes, out there. Yes, there are. But, Jason, what do you think? It's surprising, too, because if you think about it, like, I, I think a lot of them probably like each other a lot more than what they would actually lead on to. Mm. During the 2016 GOP debate, there was actual hatred on that stage. Oh, yeah. mm. I mean, there was a lot of accusations flown between a bunch of them, a lot of nicknames, a lot of name-calling, and I don't remember seeing, I, and I actually wanted them to get a little bit more fired up, but instead, mm -hmm. they kind of backed down. I'm, uh, the thing that I would love to see at some of these debates, especially the, some of the GOP debates would be actual talk about policy for, for a change. Actually, why you believe in s some of these things. That's why I don't even watch these debates anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't even really hear about it. Those questions are softball. 
I mean, every time Bernie says Scandinavia, the moderators just go, okay, please tell us, how are your policies right. just like Scandinavia? Right. We're waiting. And as soon as he says something stupid, then you counter with, well, that's not, a, you're never going to see that unless they just, unless they'd all decide to go on Fox News. Maybe they might get some of these questions, but it ain't going to happen on MSNBC. Mm -hmm. You can see why they've spent so much time being nice to each other, because when they finally start to try to go at each other, everybody looks terrible. I mean, nobody came out of that debate looking strong. Mm -hmm. Bernie, he kind of coasted because people were so focused on Bloomberg, yeah. but everybody kind of just made themselves look worse, and it's bad for the party overall and yeah. good for us. And so to your point, Everybody did focus on Mike Bloomberg, who, of course, it was his first time appearing on the uh, the debate stage. I think he was a little rusty. Uh, Rust is a warm-up debate. <laughs> Give a minute. Uh, yeah, this, this wasn't a practice round. I'm not sure if he was aware this was not a practice round. This was an actual debate. Um, but let's look at just a couple of the moments where Mike Bloomberg was criticized. Uh, the first one from, well, Elizabeth Warren criticized him several times and hit him real hard. But the first one, uh, let's see Elizabeth Warren criticizing Mike Bloomberg being on stage and saying, you know what, if we are talking about Bloomberg, we're basically talking about Trump. What are we going to exchange one billionaire for another? Watch. I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. <laughs> Democrats are not going to win if we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Look, I'll support who whoever the Democratic nominee is. But understand this, Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. Uh, now, I, I do want to get uh, your thoughts on that, but let me throw into the equation also Bernie Sanders, who uh, was arguing that billionaires like Bloomberg, obviously, you know, he says the, the billionaires don't pay taxes. Uh, they pay way less than the middle class. And uh, Bloomberg, he had a couple shots fired back at, uh, at, at the other contenders. This was, I guess, you could consider one of them. Billionaires today, if you can believe it, have an effective tax rate lower than the middle class. So Senator, maybe just the tax code. Why are you complaining? What? Who wrote the code? You, you did. You and your you campaign. You and your camp. Not me. Oh, you and your campaign contributions, electing people who represent the wealthy and the powerful. Yes, those are like the Democrats. Thank you. Are, well, and Republicans too. Uh, now, I want to save what I think was Bloomberg's best and probably only really just mic drop moment of the night uh, for last. But, uh, Colonel, wh what did you think of Warren's strategy of just going all out against Bloomberg um, for basically everything? Because there were there were some other moments where, you know, she didn't just call him out for saying the horse face lesbian yeah. comment. She also called him out for his nondisclosure agreements Absolutely. that he had with uh, women who worked for his company. Well, I think the important thing that they tried to do was to savage him and show that this is not the person that we want to have as our standard bearer. And when you really think about it, Michael Bloomberg is just sitting back and thinking that I can do what I did in Virginia. I can buy this thing and I can show that I'm the only reasonable person out of these other five that can go up against Donald Trump. And I can prevent these other people from getting the delegates that is necessary so that they have a front runner going into the convention. And then it has to go over to the super delegates. And guess what? I will probably buy off the super delegates and then I become the nominee. But he is not 
what they want. He cannot be the, the, the face of the Democrat Party. He is everything that they are against. He is a, a older man, mm -hmm. white man, rich. Uh, he is an elitist. And in 2008, he didn't even vote for Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. When he was the mayor of New York City, he was a Republican. Yeah. So I don't think that they're going to select him. And I think that's what Elizabeth Warren wanted to do, to just completely make him null and void. Yeah. Jason, what do you think? I mean, it's smart for Warren because this line of attack fits perfectly into her entire campaign. Is it, though? Because, <laughs> OK, so I, I agree like it, it did something, but did it do something for her? I think it did. Okay. I think it did. I, in the short term, I, I think I think generally debates are kind of s small potatoes mm -hmm. as far when you look at the long run, um, and we've seen that in this debate. You know, we uh, saw Kamala Harris rise from that one thing yeah. Yeah. Uh, against Biden, and all of a sudden she was going to be the next nominee, and then whew, she was done in about what two weeks right. or something like that. And these things just happen like that. But I think it's I think it's smart because it, it fits her it fits what she, her entire thing on this campaign trail, which is it's kind of like if you've seen the movie Ten Cup, where they were criticizing uh, uh, Don Johnson. He was like, he hates kids, he hates babies, and he's a horrible person. <laughs> so that's basically her attack on everyone. Hates women, he hates minorities, and he hates these people, and he's a racist, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and he would fire me if I was pregnant, just like my boss back then, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. in school or whatever. That's her entire stick, man. Yeah. I mean, that's really all she has. Um, she, but I, I, it's just glorious to me to, to sit back and kind of watch them all at the smorgasbord, but eating each other instead of the mm -hmm. food in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that I mean, Donald Trump definitely benefits the most, uh, not uh, Elizabeth Warren. Donald Trump benefits the most. And if you look at that dumpster fire, I mean, if your strongest can is Elizabeth Warren, which is what, f fourth down in the standings right. or something like that? She's the one you're holding up as the winner of this thing. Mm -hmm. And you have uh, the billionaire who finally everyone saw, oh my gosh, after all his YouTube videos. You can't even watch YouTube without his mm -hmm. slick little video coming up. Which, by the way, we apologize for all of you who are watching <laughs> yes. on YouTube and had to watch that before the show and started. And you no doubt did. Yes. But he looks like the slick guy, like yeah. the slick politician. Like, oh, I could, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a with it, you know, a businessman man, I could vote for that guy. Then you see the guy in real life. Mm -hmm. That's who he is. And he is not electable. I am sorry. None of them are. For Warren, it's kind of, it's. A, she looked good taking those cheap shots against Bloomberg. It's easy, low-hanging fruit for her. But she's really just doing Bernie's work for him because she needs I, to separate yeah. herself from Bernie. Yeah. She doesn't really need to concern herself with Bloomberg, so she can take him down. And all that does is let Bernie sit there and just kind of cruise along at the top of the polls. Yeah. So she got her moments, but she's still going to be in single digits somewhere. And what's that going to do for her campaign? She might get a little fundraising boost, which she needs, but I don't think it's going to boost her ultimately in the primaries. See, and that's where I was, too, was mm -hmm. that... Really, all it did was allow the path for Bernie to kind of come out of this debate. It's like she's running relatively unscathed, him, right? Well, that's kind of like you know the movie Ricky Bobby and and his buddy. You know, would always was well, I forget his name, but he would always clear the path for him. You yeah. know, and then Ricky Bobby would go on to victory. And so I, that's shake what shaking bake. Shake <laughs> so I, I think that that's kind of what Warren was doing. But the real loser on that stage, I think, is is Joe Biden mm. because the day after, we're not talking about Joe Biden. No one is. Wow. No one is talking about Joe Biden. He's, he's fighting for attention out there. He's huh? fighting for attention, and, and I don't think he's going to do well in South Carolina, so I think he's gone. Uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg tried to, you know, get into a back and forth with Amy Klobuchar. She kind of looked okay, but again, I think that Bernie comes out on top. He will probably win the mm -hmm. caucus in Nevada, and it's going to send, you know, James Carville and the rest of the Democrats into another unhinged, apoplectic rage. If Warren had come at Bernie throughout this primary, like, the, like she came at Bloomberg, she 
might be doing a lot better, right. but she was so hesitant to be seen as mean or angry, so she played nice all this time, and now mm -hmm. she's at the bottom. But if she had been that candidate the whole time, I think she'd be a lot more of a, a contender. Well, or, I mean, you look at the, the strategy of making sure that the person you're attacking is someone you can peel votes away from, right? Like she, the, yeah, people, no Bloomberg the Bloomberg people voters, are, yeah. right, the Bloomberg voters are not people who no. are going to vote for Elizabeth Warren, so you're not really doing anything by going negative on Bloomberg and then not arguing for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it was an odd play uh, by Warren. I do think that it see, did I damage think, Bloomberg. Uh, along your lines, I think that secretly someone said, who's going to go after it's kind of like how, you know, you sat back and you saw Chris Christie take down Rubio. Mm -hmm. Someone said, okay, all right, you know, hey, Trump to, to Christie, take care of this guy for me. And I think someone said, Elizabeth, why don't you take care of him? Because she was really the hunter yeah. on Bloomberg last night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more debate analysis to come. But first, according to Yahoo Finance, the global superfood market will grow by $200 billion from 2019 to 2023. Experts agree that eating superfoods is the easiest way to get nutrient-dense foods because apparently a lot of you out there don't actually like vegetables. Who knew? Especially you men nope. over here. Oh. All right? <laughs> I follow the Popeye thing. I eat my spinach. Okay, all right. That's good. That's good. Spinach is good for you. Uh, so the trick, if you are one of many who you just don't like to eat vegetables, you're not going to do it. The trick is finding a product with the best quality ingredients, no extracts, and the USDA seal. That is why we trust Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. You get one scoop of Field of Greens, and it has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. So it helps you with immunity, reduces your risk of heart disease. It's prebiotic, probiotic. It's a great source of vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients. You don't have to make, you know, your wife's nagging you at the dinner table. Finish your uh, asparagus, honey. Finish your zucchini. You're like, all right, I got it. I'm just going to take Field of Greens after dinner. So no more nagging required. Uh, it tastes delicious as well, by the way. We have it at my house. Uh, my husband has been known to drink it before we go to bed because he's like, I didn't eat any vegetables today. I think I'm going to drink some. You got to try it. Go to BrickHouseBlaze.com. Use promo code Blaze. You will get 15% off of your first order. Uh, and also, if you sign up for a recurring subscription, you'll save that extra $10 every single month. BrickHouseBlaze.com. That is BrickHouseBlaze.com. Offer code Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> we are not done discussing the Democratic debate last night. Uh, so I said I was going to save Michael Bloomberg's, I think, his really only solid good moment, um, only because everyone has been dying to hear Bernie's answer to this. Uh, save that for last. So Michael Bloomberg, actually, not the moderators, not any journalists, not any reporters, have really held Bernie's feet to the fire when it comes to asking him, hey, you know, you say that all of the uh, rich people should pay their fair share and they should, you know, be penalized. How come you own three houses? Mm -hmm. Michael Bloomberg, the only person uh, who dared ask him that. Here's how that exchange went. What a wonderful country we have. The best known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What I miss here? <laughs> well, you'll miss that I work in Washington, House One. That's the first problem. Live in Burlington, House Two. That's good. And like thousands of other Vermonters, I do have a summer camp. Forgive me for that. Where is your house? Right? New York City, thank you very much. And I pay all my taxes. 
What a what a commoner, the commoner Bernie uh, Sanders. But I mean, who among us doesn't have a summer, summer camp? camp? Don't you? <laughs> I'm not darn man. I mean, but you could. He was visibly. He was upset, angry. But see, that's the thing. Bernie Sanders is is not used to being challenged. Yeah. yeah. And that's the setup. I mean, if he is the guy at the top of the ticket, and he's talking about taking from everyone else, and he did not talk about the Audi sports car he drives, mm-hmm. uh, it's over for him. How can you justify going after everyone else when you have a lake home, when you have a wife that bankrupted a university because of her, you know, Ponzi scheme that she ran? So he's going to get a lot of questions. Yeah. And I mean, Jason, it is refreshing, right, to see someone who finally is calling Bernie out on his hypocrisy. You know, you mentioned the Audi sports car. And how about the uh, all of the private jet trips that Mm. he's making to go to his campaign events? But he's telling us all about climate change and how we shouldn't be flying. It's, It's refreshing to see. We finally, I mean, I expected that big time from and, and standby pay-per-view for when Bernie and, and uh, President Trump go at it, because that's what you expect to see from yeah. him, just rattling them off nonstop. Mm-hmm. You're going to get that nonstop. Mm-hmm. But we haven't gotten that because, you know, Bloomberg's got that, you know, I guess I'll just say it this way, screw you money. Yeah. He's had it for so long, mm-hmm. he really don't care. And President Trump is the exact same way. So you're finally getting that. Um, I'm still, yeah, I, I liked it. It was great to see someone call him out as hypocrisy. I would still just love to see someone ask him, could you tell us what the heck a democratic socialist really is? Mm. Could you actually define that? I, I'm waiting for someone to ask that. I really Does wish they would. Does he actually call himself a democratic socialist, though? Because last I heard him, he said, I am a socialist, right? Has he changed that? Has he modified that to say, I am a democratic socialist? Or are other people assigning that to him? I've heard him. I've, He's he, changed it. Yeah, well, I've heard him. Someone asked him what uh, about democratic socialism. And he okay. went straight to, I think, Denmark, mm-hmm. as he usually does, which right. is straight up false. Right. But the problem is no one's educated on it enough to actually challenge him on it. That's what I want to see in a debate. Mm-hmm. So more than just a one-liner, even though I love the one-liners, I would love to see someone challenge him on that. But I think the party, the people that are actually standing up there behind the podiums, I think they're scared to because they don't know the next what four to eight years of what their party is even going to look like right is it going to be labeled dsa or is it still going to be labeled democrat you know they're kind of they don't want to come out and like really go after it because they might be out of a job in a few mm-hmm. years. Yeah, it's funny candidates have been complaining about using republican talking points they've been accusing each other of that throughout these debates and now we finally got somebody on the stage that will actually say some of the things that we've been saying about mm-hmm. them and i think he plays a valuable role on that stage because he doesn't care he doesn't value any relationships with them he's not trying to protect any sort of Senate political relationships. He's just going to say what he believes, and that's what you're going to see him do to Bernie. And so they have a motivation to get him off there quick because he's the only one that's going to call Bernie out on something like this. You could hear how the crowd was not in Bloomberg's favor there, like they're booing and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So it's like, you know, he's he doesn't have the home field advantage, but he's going to keep saying what he's going to say. Well, as long he as made he them uncomfortable mm-hmm. because you know he went after you know their little socialist icon. You know, I'm just waiting for someone to also say, you know, Mr. Sanders, when when did you first get a job? (laughs) I mean, the guy didn't have a job until he was 40 or 41, and that was as mayor. So what did you do all of this time? I mean, you're going to be in charge of one of the largest economies of the world, and you never created a job. You never done anything. You sat in Washington, D.C. You haven't created any legislation or anything like that. That, Like I said, Jason, that's the tough questions Mm -hmm. that are coming that he's going to fold like a daggum cheap Chair. He's, yeah. yeah, he's. How long has he been there? And he, I think he's only helped co-sponsor like three or four. Yeah. Pieces of legislation. That's it. An entire yeah. career. So basically, he's just correct, cor- collected, sat there, collected his check, and. 
that's about it. That's yeah. it. That's what he, he's that's what he's done with your tax dollars. I want to get back to uh, the audience's response that you guys just touched on. Whenever you know Bloomberg and Bernie were going back and forth on capitalism versus communism, uh, you know Bloomberg said throwing out capitalism is going to get Trump reelected because we already know that communism doesn't work. Um, want to get gentlemen your thoughts on the audience the audience's reaction to uh, Bloomberg statements. I can't think of a ways that would make it easier for Donald Trump to get reelected than listening to this conversation. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We're not going to throw out capitalism. We tried that. Other countries tried that. It was called communism, and it just didn't work. Whoa. So, so let me make a proposal. It's like you said a cuss word. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, don't say that. Yeah, don't go there. Yeah. Word. So down. I will say this is being, I saw this in the media being portrayed as, well, the audience booed whenever Bloomberg said communism didn't work, but there were a lot of cheers when he said. You can't throw out capitalism. Right. Yeah, they realized that. I mean. Where was that debate held? Nevada. 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 <laughs> in Las Vegas. Okay, what do you think happens in Las Vegas? People that have... I don't know. It stays there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, from my research. Okay. <laughs> well, people who have money or people that have saved money go there and they spend money. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, if you're going to have this socialist economic model where you're the ones that are deciding, you know, how much money a person can have, a place like Las Vegas dries up. A place like Reno dries up. And, and so what 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 are you talking about here? If you want to throw this thing out. And I think that's what some people understand. But again, they don't want to hear the C word. They don't want to hear the S word. And so that's the education process that we need and what you guys have to continue to do. You're a little bit younger than I am. We discussed that off camera. <laughs> but, Just a little bit. But, but that's what we have to do is educate people on this thing called socialism, wealth redistribution, nationalizing economic production, and it doesn't work. You think it works? Look at what used to be one of the most prosperous nations in our hemisphere, Venezuela, and where it is today. Mm. Jason? Yeah, I, th- I think educating uh, the public, I don't think the majority of the people probably even in that room, depending on age limit, but especially if they were probably under 30, don't even know what real communism or even socialism is. Mm-hmm. They really don't. It's, no. it's, it's, it's frightening. You ask them what socialism is, and they'll tell you exactly what the leaders in DSA now are telling you. Oh, you know, like Scandinavia, like Sweden, mm-hmm. all that stuff. No, no, they have, that's nothing to do with socialism. And they're like, well, neither does Bernie Sanders. I'm like, uh, what do you call nationalizing an entire industry? Mm-hmm. That's socialism. That's what they're planning to do with healthcare. And you can, and they're like, oh no, it's not. They literally don't know. Mm-hmm. You can see how the candidates are scared to attack this. Like some of those candidates up there believe in capitalism, but they're scared to really go after Bernie Sanders and socialism because they're scared of the backlash from that segment of the party. And so they're still trying to kind of toe the line to where we can win over those people later. But that crowd reaction kind of shows you that maybe there is, if somebody would just be bold about a capitalistic vision for mm-hmm. the Democratic Party, then maybe they could get more support. But they're so scared that they're just kind of trying to play the fence. Yeah. Uh, Colonel, you mentioned Joe Biden earlier and how he just really was irrelevant this entire uh, debate. There was one moment where he was a little bit relevant, but it wasn't for the reason that he probably wanted to be relevant much. I'm running because so many people. Yeah. Give us a moment. We'll uh, clear the room and let the uh, and let. 
And uh, of course, I, it was hard to make out, but they were yelling, we don't want you here. You deported three million people and no kids in cages. Oh, that's awkward for Joe Biden. Yeah, it kind of hurts. I mean, but again, this is their base. Their base wants open borders. Mm -hmm. Their base wants to decriminalize, you know, illegal entry into this country. And so what does their base want? I mean, they're running for someone to be president of what? Not the United States of America, not a sovereign nation. And so, again, I think that they're setting themselves up for an incredible failure because I don't think anyone wants to see America just end up being a place in between Mexico and Canada. Mm. That's what they're promoting. That's what they're advocating. Interesting to hear them say no kids in cages, because that's the very right. first time yep. I've heard them even acknowledge that this didn't start. With Joe Biden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, and you can actually take this even further back to, you know, Democrat Jesus and Bill Clinton, because yeah. he and Janet Reno, that's actually where it started. Right. No offense, Jesus. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> he took a I'm getting Trump. struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's where it started. So it started yeah. with the Democrats. Uh, it was made worse under President Obama. And the only one they were really do anything about it was Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But they're complaining about it as if it's just a Republican, you know, 2020 Republican issue. I mean, absolutely insane. But I, I, either they really know and they're just, you know, playing ignorant, you know, just as a tactic. Uh, but that's interesting to hear. These candidates, they're protecting each other so much that all these things that we're hearing from Bloomberg or protesters, we should have been hearing from them if they're actually competing against one another. But again, they're protecting themselves in these debates and, you know, protecting their relationships. And so Joe Biden, he can just kind of wait till they leave the room and then he'll never hear about this again throughout the rest of this debate because nobody wants to acknowledge what their party has done in the past because they're trying to move forward and make sure that's only a Republican thing. Mm -hmm. And so they'll cover that up. Yeah. I'm just going to last thing on that. I'm, I'm so surprised because you, you've heard me on the show a lot. I thought I expected this from Joe Biden the entire time, because if I was instructing him, which is probably a good thing I didn't. But I'd be like, look, don't say anything. Just sit there and try not to fall asleep. And you're going to run away with this nomination. <laughs> right. I mean, everybody up there is a socialist or a, who's that person? A mayor of who? Where? Um, I, but he is done. He is yeah. done. And I, I was wrong. It, you I'm were because he came on wrong. the show many times and said, said, Joe Biden's going to coast to this nomination. All, well, of course, you did say all he has to do is just, you know, you said he could fall asleep on stage and he would still coast in the nomination, which maybe in hindsight is what he should have done. Yeah, well, I'm, I have because I had more faith than I should have in the left right now. I thought they weren't that far gone, but I have no faith in them whatsoever after no. this. Uh, coming up, we will tell you how George Zimmerman is tied to two of the presidential candidates on the Democratic side. Uh, but first, wouldn't it be nice if search engines and social media sites were just, oh, I don't know, unbiased platforms that didn't choose a side politically? Yeah, I know, in our dreams. Uh, in 2016, the tech elites at Google, they bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary, and these are the same big tech companies that push their political agenda and restrict the free speech rights of conservatives, and we're trusting them to handle our personal data online. Um, that's really not a match made in heaven. I don't know about you, but I don't want them using my web history, my email metadata, or my video searches against me, and I'm not searching anything gross. That is why we use ExpressVPN every time we go online. These big, these big tech companies can match your internet activity to your identity or location using your IP address. But when you use ExpressVPN, these tech companies cannot see your IP address at all. Your identity is masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server, and they 
encrypt 100% of your data to keep you safe from hackers and internet bad guys. This is not complicated, all right? ExpressVPN software takes just a minute. You set it up on your computer or your phone. You tap a button and you are protected. You don't have to worry about these big tech companies coming after you. Your internet data belongs to you and not the tech elites. You've got to protect your online activity today uh, and find out how you can get three free months at expressvpn.com slash why. That is expressvpn.com slash why for three months free with a one-year package, expressvpn.com slash why. George Zimmerman, the uh, one-time Neighborhood Watch volunteer who was, of course, acquitted in 2010 uh, in the shooting uh, death of Trayvon Martin in Florida, is now suing Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg for $265 million, claiming both of these presidential candidates defamed him in an attempt to, quote, garner votes in the black community. Uh, he used two separate tweets that the two of them had made on February 5th, which would have been Trayvon Martin's 25th birthday. Um, and he said, let's see, Pete Buttigieg's tweet, let's, just to read them, just for context here, it said, Trayvon Martin would have been 25 today. How many 25th birthdays have been stolen from us by white supremacy, gun violence, prejudice, and fear, hashtag Black Lives Matter. And then uh, Warren tweeted on the same day, my heart goes out to Sabrina Fulton and Trayvon's family and friends. He should still be with us today. We need to end gun violence and racism, and we need to build a world where all of our children, especially young black boys, can grow up safe and free. Uh, the lawsuit, of course, argues that Warren and Buttigieg falsely tied Martin's death to, quote, gun violence, uh, a term that more appropriately describes the reckless and indiscriminate use of illegally owned firearms. And it also claims that Zimmerman acted out of racism or white supremacy, that these people are, are accusing him, kind of implying that he was acting out of racism or white supremacy when he shot Martin, even though he was acquitted. I just feel like George Zimmerman probably should just go live his life. <laughs> yeah, you know, stay out of the news without maybe? a doubt. Stay in this hole. But but I will I will give him credit for this by bringing this out. You know, where is Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg when it comes to the fact that since Roe versus Wade, 20 million black babies have been murdered in the womb. Mm. They never even got to see their first birthday. Mm. Where are they when you talk about all of the gun violence that is happening in Chicago and Detroit and Baltimore and wherever? Mm. You know, those lives obviously don't matter. And so what you see happening here are two people that know South Carolina is coming up. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to play to a crowd down in South Carolina to get a vote to say, see, you know, we're we we you know, if I had a son, you right. know, he'd look I like Trayvon look like Martin. Trayvon. <laughs> and so I think this is despicable yeah. what they did with the tweets that they put out. Uh, and, and again, this is a great opportunity for us to call out their hypocrisy. You know, unfortunately, George Zimmerman, you know, brought it out there. He should stay <laughs> away. But this is what we should be talking about, how they are trying to pander to the black community mm -hmm. when it's their policies that have destroyed the black community, destroyed the family, everything. You know, President Trump gave that little nine year old girl an opportunity scholarship mm -hmm. right there on the spot at State Union address. What was the response of the Democrats there? Sat on their hands. Yeah. And my story. Mm. Jason. Good. 
I'm glad. Uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised I wanted to come from someone other than George Zimmerman, though. Sure, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> right. um, agreed. Um, but there has to be a consequence for publicly calling people racist. I'm mm-hmm. sick of it. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a consequence. There's a case right now in the NFL, and I don't remember the names. I should. But it's a defensive lineman for the for the Cleveland Browns and uh, the quarterback for the Steelers. Do I remember when? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the helmet is yeah. Miles Garrett right. and Mason Rudolph. Yes, yeah. thank you. So he, um, of course, teacher's pet. I need you to have. <laughs> But he so wow, it, it, that was some white supremacy really um, but there was a debate. So, um, um, but Miles Garrett said that he did that because the other guy called him the N word. Mm-hmm. That's what he was like. And it came out after that. But the problem is, there were, nobody can confirm that. There's no audio. Both players on both sides of the team were like, as far as we're concerned, that even happened. So it sounds like he's completely making up. Now there's the debate on, okay, if you find out the guy that made the accusation is wrong, what do you do? If you find out the guy that the accusation was in against, what do you do? Everyone was, was all on, if the guy said that, he should be fired, and, and maybe even worse, who knows whatever would happen, what happened to him. But for the other, like, ah, you know, maybe suspend him for a couple games. No, it's gotta be consistent. Yeah. And that's the problem. There is no consistency on here. There's no consequence. Like Jesse Smollett. Exactly. Yeah. Now, hopefully, maybe there might be some consequence yeah. on that one. Yeah. But there's got to be a consequence for, for this, or it's going to get worse. Not just for politicians and football players and all of that, but for journalists, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Obviously, those tweets are very pandering. They don't care about Trayvon Martin at all. They have no care about him. They don't. I'm sure they haven't called his mother and tried to comfort her or, any, or done anything for her. I I'm so sick of George Zimmerman. I wish he would go away. I'm not happy that he is suing. Even if he has a point, he does have a point about what they're doing. Right. But come on. He's just trying to chase fame. He's trying to get his notoriety. He needs to go away. He got, you know, he got off with whatever happened, whatever you think about that. So just, you know, go live your life. Don't chase money. Don't. This is, he's got another lawsuit related to this case. And so he's just suing left and right, trying to get paid off this thing. And that's kind of gross in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, politically, Warren and Buttigieg, they're trying to pander for black votes. And so we don't need that. I'm not sure if they should be sued for that, mm. but it's fine to get it called out. It is interesting though, you know, um, Colonel brought up the, the nine-year-old who was given the scholarship by President Trump. And that is called pandering. <laughs> But it's like, I mean, President Trump has not just done that. Uh, under President Trump, we've seen the lowest minority unemployment yep. uh, numbers. You know, we we have all of these records that are good for minorities under President Trump. So he's got the action to back it up. Yet these people sent out a tweet. Yeah, right? They the sent thing. out a tweet and that's not that's not pandering. That's genuine. Doing something for somebody is not pandering. That's doing something for somebody. Right. Pandering is just showing a sign of support that means nothing that well they used a no hashtag Aaron oh sorry they did oh my <laughs> bad never mind. never mind so obviously yeah. it was a big deal like if they were trending you right. never know <laughs> if they were doing something for Trayvon Martin's family I'd be like oh that's nice you know because I'm not going to be against helping people but if you're right. just sending a tweet mm-hmm. on a day because somebody told you that he would have been 25 mm-hmm. that's pandering because there's nothing behind it but the thing is that their ideological agenda is not about minorities being successful their ideological agenda is about making sure they maintain an economic plantation. Yes. So that when you saw the president recognize a 100-year-old Tuskegee Airman, they did not find anything good about that. When you saw the president recognizing a black veteran who PTSD, 
came off of drug addiction because of the opportunity zones. Now he's turned his life around, got his family back. They did not care anything about that. So they are the ones that are trying to define pandering based upon their ideological agenda. If you are enabling minorities in the United States of America, that's pandering to them mm. because you're defeating them in every single way, shape, form, and fashion, and you're exposing them as well. So we've got to can prevent them from being able to define the narrative out there. Yeah. Back in a minute. Uh, the gun, the anti-gun c- control, I'm sorry, let me try this again. The gun control organization, Every Town for Gun Safety, has just said that it plans to spend $8 million in an electoral effort focused on state legislature and congressional races in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, of all places. So according to a corresponding memo about its plans, uh, it's going to put resources into 27 dif- different House district races trying to oust gun lobby-backed candidates or re-elect pro-gun control candidates with a big focus on Dallas and Houston suburbs. Um, they say that they're just nine, nine seats short of a pro-gun control majority, so they are going after, just to name a few, they're going after, uh, let's see, Dan Crenshaw, Chip Roy, uh, Michael McCall, John Carter, and they plan to defend two Democratic seats held by Lizzie Fletcher and Colin Allred, mm-hmm. who, of course, is a Democratic socialist. Uh, this is this eight million dollars that they're spending, by the way, is just part of its overall 60 million dollar investment in the 2020 election cycle. No one better to talk about mm-hmm. uh, Texas politics than you, Colonel. Yeah. What are your thoughts on on every town investing all of this money in Texas? Will they be successful? Well, no. And full disclosure, I'm a life member of the National Rifle Association, also a board member of the National Rifle Association, also life member of the Texas State Rifle Association. If that's what the Democrats want to do, they have just lost Texas. Mm. If you're going to come in and think that you're going to replicate what Michael Bloomberg did in flipping the state house and the state senate in Virginia, we saw the response of the people up there in January the 20th of this year. You're not going to get anywhere close. Mm. And so people will come out and not even be concerned about, well, is this person more conservative or more of a liberal Republican? They're going to come out and say, this is all about me being able to maintain my Second Amendment rights here. It's not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. So I think that they have just given the people here in the state of Texas an easy layup because the, the way to socialist tyranny, every single nation has 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 stopped and they have banned private gun ownership. Because that's the only way you take people from being a citizen and make them into a subject. Mm-hmm. And so that's not going to happen in the state of Texas. So that's $8 million that they're going to waste. Uh, they could just give it to me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I could invest. You take, you take really good care of it. I take really good care of it. <laughs> but, but again, I, I, I think that they operate an echo chamber. And I, and I think yeah. that's what we've been talking about in this debate, how they talk to each other. But they're not out there and they don't understand that this is a very sensitive issue. And you have Democrats that are not going to go for a gun control agenda Mm -hmm. in Texas, Mm -hmm. okay? And think about what is going on on our border, where you have folks that are willy-nilly coming across the Rio Grande, and you're going to tell folks that they're not going to be able to defend themselves, they're not going to be able to have a a weapon to prevent some, you know, drug lord from coming in and and forcing them to allow folks to come through their property. Nah, it's a losing issue. To Colonel's point, I mean, if, if they're seeing what's happening in Virginia, Surely they don't think that they could, you know, be successful in Texas. I get it. They were successful in, you know, making sure that all of the chambers are now Democrat. But 
you see, as he pointed out, the resistance of the people when they try to jam all of this gun legislation yeah. down their throats. Democrats have been so reckless, I think, over the past couple of years. If you just go, go back to Kavanaugh, go back to Russiagate, all this other stuff, I, I think it's going to cost, I think I'm predicting a huge victory in 2020 mm -hmm. because of a lot of these things. And, but especially like in places like Virginia, yeah. I think they lose it in the next election. Because if, yes. you, if you look at the map, yeah. there's small pockets you can tell you, in just exactly what you read, they're targeting certain elections right. mm -hmm. and small little areas to give them this, like, this, this minor majority. And it doesn't represent the entire state. If you look at the map in the state, there's these small little pockets you can tell they targeted. Pockets of blue. And then everything else is overwhelmingly a sanctuary uh, yes. county. Yeah. It's overwhelming. You do that to, I don't think Texans are that stupid. Mm -hmm. So I, I, th I think it'll get trounced here. But Virginia, you, you, Virginia Democrats, enjoy it while you got it. Because you've got now just a few more months to hang on to those jobs. I think they're going to lose that. I think that... It's very possible because of all this stuff, we made gains and and we probably might end up getting the house back. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Beto, they didn't they didn't learn from Beto's. Mistake. It strikes me as really arrogant to think they can just <laughs> come in here and like this is what we're going to do. We're going to change it with all this money. All that's going to do is pour fuel on the fire for people to turn out yep. and vote against it because because of Virginia, because we've seen that happen. Now it's not even going to get that far because people are saying, okay, we're, we're just going to prevent it up front. And so we don't even have to worry about demonstrations after the fact. We're just going to kill it up front you know, on election day, and then that'll be it. And so I don't understand why they think that can work. It just seems a little bit politically you know, arrogant and ignorant to think that this can work here. But if they want to do it, that's fine. Well, there's that echo chamber. There's that echo that chamber that, that they're in. Mentioned. All right, back in a minute. And they, they tried this in the... Uh, only got a couple of minutes left, but before we get to the poll, want to uh, get your thoughts on this. So Whitney Houston, of course, died in February of 2012, uh, but the estate, the Houston estate, is using the singer's likeness uh, as a hologram and it's going on tour. So the Whitney Houston hologram tour kicks off on February 25th in the UK, where the hologram will perform some of Whitney's classic hits. Uh, so that is, her, yeah, there's video of it. Is she, so she is. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and we can't, we, we can't play the song just because it's with, for copyright reasons, but. This is literally a Black Mirror episode. It is, right? The last season, it's exactly It's so like this. creepy. Am I, okay, so I'm not the only one who's creeped out by this. I think most people are. Who's going to go see this? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, we can listen to the songs ourselves. We don't need to yeah. see a hologram of a dead person right. performing. It feels wrong in a lot of ways just to even like, it feels so exploitive to it's just like. So, so what's next? Kobe Bryant, you know, doing, winning the slam dunk contest. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's yeah. just bizarre. I mean, I felt that way when, um, what was uh, Carrie, what's her name from the Star Wars movies? Oh yeah, Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher. Yes. I was like, Oh, this feels weird because I know she's dead, but she's in the movie. Yeah. It just feels yuck. This is like not the first one. I think they were doing this with Prince. I think Tupac had one at Coachella a while back. Like they do these holograms yeah. and they just they make all this money off somebody who has passed away. It's just no, it just feels weird. Uh, yesterday's poll, which 2020 Democrat will say the craziest thing at the Democratic debate? Joe Biden won, although I'm not sure if he said the craziest thing. I don't know if I could pick who did, uh, but Joe Biden won at, for 45 percent, followed by Bernie Sanders, 25 percent, Elizabeth Warren, 24 percent, and Pete Buttigieg, 6 percent. I, I don't know. Did any of them say anything? Bernie Sanders, when he opens his mouth, he Everything's says crazy. Everything's crazy. Automatically. I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess like, my, my bar is already really low. 
low when yeah. I think yeah, I believe about he said he wasn't a communist, so that qualifies. Yeah. It's a <laughs> That's a great point. That is a great point. Um, I, I don't know why Bloomberg wasn't included on this poll, and maybe instead of Buttigieg. But uh, Buttigieg did speak Spanish. Which yeah, the return is the of Spanish. Of, it's been a while. Kiss of death, so Cory Booker that's and what, Beto I said, you, you, that's the go. white boy Spanish-speaking curse <laughs> that you're done <laughs> now because Beto tried that. It didn't work. You mean Robert Francis? Sorry, Robert Francis O'Rourke <laughs> tried that. It didn't work. Cory Booker tried his, tried it Robert Francis's. You know, you know about Spanish and Joyzy. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work for him either. Uh, today's poll, who won last night's debate? Mike Bloomberg, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden? I don't like this because there's not an option for President Trump. And I think President Trump <laughs> and America won uh, last night's debate. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I think President Trump sitting back saying, come on, keep going, have more debates. Yeah. You guys agree? Uh, yeah. No debate has made it more clear how easy of a road he should have if he takes care of business. Yeah. But, I mean, but actually winning it, I'd have to give it to Warren. Really? Just, yeah, just for the... No. She needed to make a statement, and she did. I don't think it helps her any, but I think no. she... Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.